chapter fifty four of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter fifty four taming of the savages after a most successful cruise we returned to our bologna and were received as behooves success with ever so many rounds of cheers it was true that we had sent before us and now brought in an awkward lot but it is beautiful to see how in a large ship's company and under a good commander mere coaster fellows become true seamen and even landlubbers learn how to walk captain drake bampfylde did me the honour of asking my advice as soon as his own opinion was settled and i said no more than bay of biscay which was his own opinion here the very utmost of a noble sea awaited us and none of our landsmen had any heart for fat or even for lean stuff we let them go on for a day perpetually groaning and after that we provided for each a gallon of salt water and gave it them through the ship's trumpet until they entirely ceased from noise these prudent measures brought them into such a wholesome state of mind that really a child might lead them as by one of the prophets mentioned when i read my bible all of our new hands i mean except hezekiah and the three wild men unfortunate master perkins could not enter into the spirit of our exertions for his benefit because his mind was unsettled with knowing the hardship both of his back and front for his back was covered with raw places sitting amiss to the fit of his clothes while the forward part of his body became too hollow to yield him comfort but strange to say his wrath was kindled not against us for these misfortunes but against his wife hepzibah because she had not predicted them and for the greater part of a week the poor fellow lay in a perfect craze upon the orlop deck while the ship was rolling heavily nothing could persuade him but that he was the prophet jonah in the belly of the whale and he took the stowage of our cables for the whale's intestines you could hear him even from the main deck screaming at the top of his voice wallow not o whale o whale lord thy servant repenteth only let not this whale wallow so so that in spite of all his tricks hypocrisy pride and gluttony i could not help taking compassion upon him and having a hammock rigged tenderly for him so that his empty and helpless body fell into a deep sleep as long as the prophet himself could have had it for i never could show myself at bridge-end if through my means hezekiah found the sea his churchyard on the other hand the three wild men took their visitation from a wholly different point of view they had never heard either of god or the devil and could not believe themselves even worth the interference of either power for they did not believe that their souls were immortal as i suppose they must have been nor were they even aware of possessing anything more than a body apiece my own idea of treatment was that to bring them into self-respect we should flog the whole three very soundly and handsomely pickle them afterwards nor could i see any finer method of curing them of their hairiness but captain bampfylde who showed the strangest interest in these savages would on no account have them flogged until they gave occasion 
he said that their ideas of justice might be thrown into a crooked line if the cat and nine tails were promiscuously administered whereas i knew that the only way to make a man dwell upon justice is to give him a taste of the opposite he values the right after this because he thinks there is none of it left upon earth so for the present these three jack cannibals as our tars entitled them sat apart and messed apart and a precious mess it was of it they soon got over the marley mary as the crapas called it and we taught them how to chew tobacco which they did and swallowed it only their fear of the waves was such that they could not look over the side of the ship or even out of a porthole after a few days we fell in with pelting showers of hail and sleet with a bitter gale from the north-north-west i saw the beauty of this occasion to show mankind their need of clothes therefore i roused up these three poor fellows and had them thrown into a salting tub full of iced-cold water this made their teeth chatter bravely and then we started them up the rigging with a taste of rope's end after them they ran up the ratlines faster than even our very best hands could follow them because of the power still left in their feet through never having owned a shoemaker but in the main top they pulled up and the wind went shivering through them meanwhile i was sedately mounting as my rank required now with a very old pilot's coat well worn out hanging over my left arm here jack i cried to the biggest one take this and throw it over you to keep your poor bones warm the sheaves of the blocks were white with snow which they always seemed to be first to take and so were the cleats and the weather side of topmast and topgallant mast when you see this you may make up your mind to have every rope frosted ere morning therefore jack cannibal looked at the coat and around it as a monkey does put it on i cried poor fellow put it on to cover you he nodded and laughed as if i were making some joke which he ought to understand and then he threw the warm coat round his body now quite blue from cold but without any perception of sleeves or skirts or anything else except as it were like a bit of thatching and after that he helped us to civilize the rest so that in course of time we had them in decency far superior to the average show of scotchmen and in about the same course of time cannibal jack i do assure you became a very good seaman and a wonderfully honest fellow without any lies in him and yet he said things better than the finest lies that could be told all coming out of his oddness and his manner of taking tameness and if a roaring sound of laughter came to the ears of an officer such as never could be allowed in the discipline of war time the officer always lifted lip to have a smile accordingly and said to himself i should like to know what cannibal jack has said to them the two other naked ones dick and joe as we christened them out of a bucket of tar without meaning any harm to them never could be entirely cured of their hereditary shortcomings we taught them at last to wear clothes by keeping a sharp leather strap always handy against which their only protection was a good watch-coat or a piece of sailcloth 
so that after a great deal of pleasantry we set the ship tailor to work for them but no possible amount of strap nor even cat and nine tails administered by our boatswain's mate a most noble hand at wielding it could prevail upon them to abandon their desire for the property of their messmates they even had the arrogance as their english grew more fluent to attempt to reason it out with us father david said cannibal dick for they had agreed that now i was their patron even as chowne had been you take the crape crapo ship the enemy you call it and then you leave them all their goods not touch one of anything and hand back the ship to him dick none but a savage would talk such rubbish we keep the ship and all it holds and put them in in prison there for you now there for you and you beat us because we take not a great ship but some little thing lying about in a ship from our enemies will you never see things aright dick we are not your enemies we are your friends and to steal things from us is robbery you call it friends to steal us from our place and people and warm dry sands and put us on this strange great wetness where no mushrooms grow and all we try to eat goes into it and then you beat us and drive us up trees such as we never saw before and force us to hide in these dreadful things here he pointed to his breeches with a gaze of such hopeless misery that i felt it would be an unkind thing to press him with further argument however the boy was enough to make up for a far worse lot than these were we soaked him most powerfully to begin with even up to the skin of his eyelids and he made no more objection than a christian child might have offered and after we had scraped him dry with the rough side of a spencer he came out bright i do assure you and was such a model figure that we said to one another that he had some right to go naked for his skin was now as fair and soft as the opening out of a water-lily while his golden curls spread out like flowers of the frog-bit also his shoulders so nicely turned and the slope of his sides so clever with arms and legs of such elegant mould being thick and thin in the proper places and as straight as a well-grown parsnip then again his ankles clear and feet of a character never beheld after any shoemaking our common fellows made so much of this superior little chap that i was compelled to interfere and show my resolution and this required to be done with some small sense of how to do it otherwise the boy might take the turn of our sour grapes with them and be bullied even more than he had been petted thitherto moreover all the other boys in the ship were longing to fight with him which as he was the smallest of all and not brought up in a christian manner would have afforded him no fair play for his nice short nose or his soft blue eyes the little deer was as brave as a lion and ready to fight any one of them and he used to stand up to my elbow suing for permission and now he began to talk so well that it was very hard upon him not to be allowed to fight a bit according to the natural issue of all honest converse however i would not be persuaded loving his pretty face as i did and i fear that he had unhappy times through the wickedness of the other boys 
having a stronger sense of mistake than afforded me any happiness in the thick of my rank and comforts i could not find any ease until everything looked at anyhow and from all bearings contemplated lay before our captain he thought enough to look wise and then he said that really i was fit to see to such little things myself he had heard of a small boy covered with such a great deal of yellow hair this should have been fetched off long ago and what was the barber kept for thus it always does befall me to be thrown back without guidance on my own resources and even lieutenant bluett with whom i next went to hold council was more inclined to stretch and gape after a heavy spell on deck than to bring his mind to bear upon this child's adventures send the poor little beggar in he said and let me look at him if i can keep my eyes open llewellyn you always did love savages lieutenant you would not like me to account you in the number davy you might fairly do it when i come off deck like this send him in ere i snooze old fellow this i did and when the boy entered a shyly putting one hand to his forelocks as i had instructed him a beam of the newly risen sun broke in through a bull's-eye and made a golden frame for him in the middle of this he looked so innocent and so comely and at the same time so well bred that master rodney's sleepy eyes fell open with wonder at him this was my doing of course entirely soap and discipline is my signal to the next generation and nothing else can counteract all the heresies around us therefore this little boy's cheeks were brighter than any rose from toweling and his beautiful eyes without speck of dirt and the top of his head as sweet and curly as a feathering hyacinth when i perceive that i have had the luck to make an impression my rule is to say nothing at all but appear to be unaware of it this rule is founded on common sense and it took me so long to find it out that it ought to be worth something otherwise what offence one gives and not only that but consider how seldom the man who succeeds deserves it any modest man like me upon any moderate success is bound to examine himself and feel less confidence than he used to have his success is enough to prove according to the ways of the world that he never can have deserved it this remembrance led me now to abstain from even patting harry as we have named this little fellow on his golden head at all lest i should manifest undue pride in a creature of my creation for such he was beyond all mistake and it would have given me pleasure to back him for a crown against any boy in our fleet or any three in the whole french navy taking age of course and size into consideration what a fine little fellow said rodney bluett why he ought to be a midshipman i had no idea your savages could turn out such young ones i must see what i can do for him davy only i can't think of anything now perceiving that i was likely to do more harm than good by pressing the matter just then i took little harry away with me and found him quite full of the young lieutenant's brave appearance and kindly smile in a word they were pleased with one another so heartily and so lastingly that it was the luckiest day perhaps 
of poor little harry's unlucky career when i first commended him to the notice of the honourable rodney for this latter was now not only a general favourite in the ship but also a great power being our second luff and twice as active as our first was he took the boy under his especial care and taught him all sorts of ennobling things how to read and write and spell and clean boots and wait at breakfast so that i felt many qualms sometimes quite apart from all narrow methods of regarding anything and springing from the simple fear that the child might be spoiled for his station in life and fail to become a good seaman End of chapter fifty four